are listening to the AI with Maribel Lopez podcast, or AI with ML. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining. The AI with ML podcast is produced bi-weekly with occasional bonus episodes. This podcast shares the stories of the people behind the new world of data and AI. What are they creating and why does it matter? If you like this episode, please subscribe so you can easily find the podcast again. You can also share your feedback and ideas with me on Twitter and LinkedIn. All links are in the show notes. Extended show notes can be found at AIwithML.com slash podcasts. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez. And as always, I'm excited to be here today talking tech, talking about one of my favorite topics, which is AI. It's a hot topic of conversation everywhere, certainly at every cocktail party I attend. But perhaps this is a function of the fact that I've been traveling to a lot of technology conferences, and perhaps we just talk more about AI there. But even still, in truth, as I'm out talking with business customers, we are speaking a lot about the renewed excitement in AI, and particularly around the latest advances in generative AI. And many companies went from thinking AI was totally beyond their reach to something that they'll be deploying within the coming months or that they're already doing proof of concepts on. So that's very exciting. And clearly we've been speaking a lot about generative AI and that's caught the imagination of everyone, but it's really just a small fraction of what AI can do. And we're starting to see AI expand out of the data center, through the cloud and to the edge. And we're seeing that business leaders are now expecting that they're going to have AI within their applications and their workflows. And many groups within companies are looking at AI and how they can create new efficiencies. And this means businesses need a strategy to get AI everywhere. And at this week's Intel Innovation Conference, Intel's talking about just that. In fact, I believe I snapped up that term, AI everywhere from the keynote. So to hear more about that and what it means to deliver AI everywhere, I'm really excited to be joined by this week's guest, who's Sachin Ketty. He is the Senior Vice President and GM of the Network and Edge Group at Intel. Welcome to the program, Sachin. Thank you, Maribel. Great to be here. I'm excited to have you again. Um, we spoke, I believe it was at the Vision event, Intel Vision event, that was maybe a year and a half ago. So a lot has changed since then. So as the VP and GM for network and edge computing at Intel, how are you thinking about AI? I'm sure you have a really interesting perspective on the whole span of AI. No, you're right. A lot has changed in the last year and a half. And uh, I mean, speaking about AI, uh, what a change uh, just, in, just in a year. Uh, as as you mentioned, I run the network and edge business for Intel, and we are seeing every customer conversation uh, bringing that up. Uh, stepping back on the network and edge, uh, we've been on this journey with customers on making their infrastructure software defined. Right? Uh, essentially, that means how do we help them build all of their uh, business operations as pieces of software running on general purpose compute and use that as a way to digitize their business. And that's been going on for a few years. We expect that to continue for a few more years. But increasingly, now that they have laid the foundation with a software-defined infrastructure, customers are coming to us and asking, hey, now that AI is becoming more powerful, more capable, 
uh, I think it's now, now is the time to really start leveraging it and driving more and more automation into their businesses. So they're looking for different ways to add AI to their existing applications and drive more efficiency, drive more automation. And the, and the motivation is real, right? So a lot of them are facing challenges due to inflation. They have been through the last couple of years with labor shortages and supply chain issues. They all need help in driving more efficient operations in their business. And I think they look at AI as, as a powerful technology that could help drive that automation, drive that streamlining of their operations and reduce uh, and, and essentially solve many of these bottlenecks around labor and supply chain. Right? Uh, this, is, uh, this is every single conversation across every vertical, uh, whether you talk about manufacturing, whether you talk about uh, educational technology, whether you talk about healthcare, every one of them is looking to leverage this. I think we are spending a lot of time figuring out how do we enable uh, all of these diverse but pretty large set of customers to be able to leverage AI into the applications that they're building, into the software that they're building, and make it accessible? Uh, if you think about many of the verticals that I just mentioned, they're not technology-first companies. They are running a different business, but technology is a huge enabler for them, and they're looking for AI to be an enabler for running their business better. So how do we make AI and broader technology accessible to them? Uh, that's a key focus for us, and that means, especially at the edge, making it work across all of the different kinds of devices and compute platforms uh, that we see at the edge. So that's a, that's a core focus for us uh, today. You know, you brought up a really a large group of interesting themes that we're starting to see across companies. So you talked about software defined, and I remember when software defined was mostly about looking at the telecom network infrastructure, and now it's about creating agility across a wide range of businesses. So that's been a great change that we've had. And automation, you know, one of the things that we saw in the beginning is that people were looking at robotic process automation. And now with AI, they're looking at really truly intelligent automation. So they're not just automating a process that is inefficient, but they're finding better ways to do processes, they're finding new ways to put insight into that process into that process. And the labor efficiencies, you know, we talk a lot about AI replacing labor, but really what we see is at least in the short run, a tremendous opportunity to look at how we create new efficiencies with organizations. And I love the fact that you brought up the non-tech first companies, because that I think has been the biggest change in the past years. Every organization, no matter what you're thinking about doing, has an opportunity to participate in this AI economy. And I know that we've been talking a lot about big AI in the cloud, uh, large training models, those kinds of things. How is it different to bring AI to the edge? No, great, great question. Uh, and I, let me start from a couple of things you said, right, which is these uh, uh, non-tech uh, uh, companies that have a business in manufacturing, healthcare, you name it, all of these different verticals. And how do they think about leveraging AI? Uh, so if you look at kind of their deployments, if you walk into a hospital, if you walk into a fast food store, if you walk into a factory, there's a lot of compute actually being deployed at these locations. And it's doing things like in a retail store, it's running your point of sale terminal. In a McDonald's, it might be running the display menu, right? Showing you what are the food items and what they cost and updating the health information, these kinds of things. Or running the, the service that takes the fast food orders, for example, on a drive-through chain. So these, this kind of compute is sitting at the edge. 
And as you can imagine, these are very different environments. A factory floor is very different from a hospital, from a retail store. So we end up deploying a variety of compute platforms to meet the different needs on compute performance, the power they can uh, use in many of these environments, the kind of security they need, the kind of hardening they need in terms of temperature and heat. All of these leads to a very heterogeneous infrastructure. The second thing to kind of uh, understand about the edge especially is that all of these verticals are generating an in immense amount of data all the time. If you think about a hospital, we are constantly monitoring people and generating health data. If you think about a factory, there's constant monitoring of worker safety, there's constant monitoring of the assembly line, there's constant monitoring of different machines. There's a lot of sensor data coming. And what businesses want to be able to do is leverage this data to operate whatever they're doing better, right? And they want it uh, in an interactive manner. They want it right there at the location so that employees can benefit from it, their workers can benefit from it. And they're not looking to replace workers. They're looking to augment workers, right? How do I make all of our workers a lot more productive and, and a lot more efficient in being able to do the job? So this is kind of the edge. This is what is unique about the edge. It's really, very heterogeneous. It is data rich. In fact, I think 75% of the data that will be generated in the world in a few years will be at the edge, not in the cloud. And it's also one where customers are looking to actually augment their existing business operations. And there's a clear ROI, there's a clear TCO benefit that they see if they can do this. So what does this mean for deploying AI at the edge? Uh, unlike the cloud, where uh, if you think about what the big clouds are doing, they're essentially building brand new data centers to run AI, right? So buying brand new GPU clusters, essentially building brand new data centers to just run these giant AI models. You just do not have that luxury at the edge. You cannot suddenly show up at a factory floor and expect to throw in beefy servers with GPUs because you may not even have the space, let alone the power and the cooling and all that needed uh, to actually run those kinds of systems. So at the edge, you have to figure out how to add AI to your existing infrastructure, how to add AI to your existing software, because it's about automating and improving their existing workflows. It's not about creating a new app. It's a brownfield environment, right? And so this is where we need to figure out how to support that kind of flexibility, uh, how to support that kind of heterogeneity at the edge, but still bring the uh, the ability to add AI to these, this infrastructure, to these applications, right? So, so that's really what differentiates the edge. So we'll think of AI at the edge as a plus to the existing software, right? And AI in the cloud is a brand new thing. At the edge, it needs to get added and integrated to the existing infrastructure and applications, and it needs to drive real business ROI when they do this. And so very different feel uh, than with the cloud. I absolutely agree. We've been talking about the edge for some time. I've seen many incarnations of the edge. It started with the connecting with machine to machine, and then it went to the IoT discussion, and then IoT evolved into uh, the edge computing discussion, and now we've layered AI into that. So there's there's been quite a bit of change there, and something that you know, you've mentioned that you're calling hybrid AI. And I, I thought maybe it'd spend a minute telling the audience what you mean by the term hybrid AI. Yeah, and I think it's a, uh, one of the uh, uh, 
things that we are seeing is that most of this AI inferencing will happen at the edge. Uh, customers want to be able to take in their data, run a model there, uh, get the insights from the AI running at the edge. But occasionally, uh, they come back to us and say, okay, maybe I don't have enough capability at the edge here, or I may not have all of my data at this edge location. That data might actually be sitting in my data center or in the cloud somewhere else. So can you make it easy for me to actually combine these two things, right? So most of the workload for inference runs at the edge, but occasionally I want to query a model running in the cloud because maybe it's more capable, maybe it has more access to data from different edge locations than, than this particular edge location itself, right? And so uh, we, we are calling this hybrid AI. It's similar to the hybrid cloud concept that enterprises talked about for the last decade, where they had on-prem infrastructure and cloud infrastructure I think AI is going to evolve in a similar manner where a lot of the AI inference will happen on-prem at the edge. Uh, one, because of the data being there, but two, also because of privacy and security concerns, and as well as the cost of just shipping all of this raw data back to the cloud. So it's going to run mostly at the edge, but what we want to do with hybrid AI is make it easy for you to leverage the cloud with the more bigger models and their capabilities when it makes sense, when you need it. So that's really what we are trying to bring with hybrid AI and our job, we, we think our job is to make sure that developers can leverage hybrid AI capabilities seamlessly uh, without having to worry about doing the underlying plumbing needed to stitch the edge and the cloud together. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned this way, because I think what happens in any technology wave is we'll start and something will be done, some compute will be done in a specific place in a specific way. And then as we move on and try to do new things, we realize that we have to do things in different ways in different places, and that it's not a binary thing. It can't be all A or all B. We have to we have to have a portfolio of technologies. We have to have a portfolio of ways of doing things. And we have to find a nice, easy way to integrate those and, and turn them into a strategy that can actually be managed by the people that need to deliver the technology. And I guess this is what we're talking about when we think about hybrid AI, because it's exactly like what happened with cloud where people were moving to the cloud and everything was gonna be public cloud. And then over time, it was public, it was private, it was hybrid. And now we're starting to see similar things happen in the AI landscape. And that's a good evolution for the world to be able to have that kind of nuanced approach to be able to deploy things when and where you need them and have them integrate with each other. But one of the things I think is important in all this is we oftentimes don't spend enough time discussing what this means for the developers at a company. So how should they think about it? What What's important for them to know? Yeah, I think the developers are really the key uh, persona here. They are, the, they are the ones who are going to drive a lot of this innovation. They're, they're the ones who are going to figure out how to add AI to all of these apps and really improve the digital experiences, the way we operate all of these different businesses. So, the, so I think the way we need to approach this is how do we make their life uh, easier in the sense of they can focus on the innovation, they can focus on harnessing the capabilities of AI, but not have to spend their time on dealing with the complexity of the edge, the hardware, 
uh, or even talking to different uh, clouds uh, when they want to leverage hybrid AI capabilities. And the other thing that uh, is different perhaps about the edge and the developers at the edge is they're not necessarily data scientists or AI researchers. They are actually trying to build a solution for a business problem. So they're more uh, thinking about it from a software programming engineering perspective, and they want to add AI to their arsenal rather than they're focused completely on AI as AI researchers who might be in the cloud. So the way we are approaching this is to figure out how do we make it easy for them to integrate uh, uh, AI into their applications, right? And this can uh, span a variety of things. So giving no-code interfaces where customers can come in and say, uh, give examples of a few pictures and say, I want AI that can automatically label these pictures. Uh, it could be low-code environments where they take those AI models that that we can provide off the shelf and stitch it together into their existing software without having to write a lot of complex uh, software. And then, of course, for certain cases, also allow them flexibility to go deep into the code if they need to, right? So high code interfaces. So that's that's on the developer angle, just uh, reducing the friction to be able to leverage AI and add it to their existing applications and giving them choice uh, from no code to, to more uh, integrated offerings uh, that expose the underlying details uh, to them, right? Uh, this is targeted really at the uh, software developer persona and really trying to simplify uh, the complexity of AI at the edge. That's that's developing an application. Now, once you develop an application, the other problem a lot of developers have to worry about, and in fact, the operators of the infrastructure have to worry about, is how do I actually deploy these applications and manage them? And the cha and, and the challenge there is the edge is highly distributed. It's not one location. Uh, if you're talking about a McDonald's, it's probably like thousands of stores, uh, similarly for fast food chains or similarly for retail stores and so on, right? So the other piece is going to be how do we make it easy for them to monitor, deploy their applications, see whether they're working or not, uh, be able to collect telemetry, and then when it's not working, be alerted and be able to easily update and iterate on their applications, right? So this is... Uh, where, again, we need to reduce, reduce friction and make it simple uh, for, uh, for customers to be able to do this. That's really what we are focused on, making it easier to develop and then making it easy, easier to deploy, uh, operate, and manage uh, all of these capabilities at the edge. I think you've already started to answer this question, but since it comes up so much in the organizations I speak with, I thought I would roll it out here anyway. And this is the concept around whether or not AI is accessible to any organization or how one would make AI more accessible. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, in, in general, a lot of customers come to us and ask, us, ask a very similar question. Uh, uh, I, I hear all this excitement about AI. I go to a place like Hugging Face and I see all these AI models and it's overwhelming. How do I know that it'll work for me and how do I actually use it to make it work for me. And, and I think this is where we need to reduce uh, the friction, the complexity of being able to leverage this. And the way I think about it is, if you think about how uh, computer vision AI works at the edge and what customers want to be able to do it, right? So let's say you want to build a visual checkout service uh, for your retail store. What you want to be able to do is uh, for an AI model to recognize all of the different products you sell uh, connected 
to your inventory system to know what is the price uh, for each of these. And then as your inventory system changes, as, your, as you introduce new products, be able to update that AI model easily uh, with new things, right? But that should not mean having to learn CUDA and program a GPU and train that model. That's just too much, too much friction. So we need to be able to simplify it and say, okay, just give us pictures of the things you're selling, the products you're selling, label them. They're just, these are non-data scientists, non-software engineers. Just this is a tomato and it costs so much for a pound and so on, so examples like that. And then be able to just feed it into a system that automatically then trains the right AI model to run on the hardware that they're deploying at the edge and uh, makes it easy to iterate and update when, when they introduce new products. So this is the kind of interfaces we need to think about where we leverage the domain knowledge of the end users of this AI and make it easy for them to transfer this domain knowledge when we are talking about training or updating an AI model, uh, but via things like labeling uh, just based on their domain knowledge rather than having to write any uh, low-level AI, uh, AI code itself. So I think that's, that's really the user interface problem that we need to solve, how to build that right user interface between the domain experts in these different verticals at the edge uh, to the AI capabilities that sit underneath, and then uh, build the layer in between to be able to optimize and tune the AI uh, for that particular domain. Thank you, Satchin. That was very helpful. And I'm sure that the people that are listening have a better sense of what's going on in the AI landscape right now. I know that you have a lot going on this week. I hope that you have a great show and please keep us abreast of what's going on with Intel and AI. Thank you, Maribel. It's great to be here. Thank you for listening. Show notes, subscription links, and additional content can be found at AIwithML.com slash podcasts. Until next time, wishing you all the best. <laughs>